Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely episode of Jaybird Watching. Fellas, we got a heck of an ensemble here tonight. We are literally all the old Jays Journal guys all in one place again, as we have Ari Shapiro joining Brennan Panic, of course, there, and myself, Craig Borden. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening, other than terribleness that's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. Yeah, not too bad. Not sure feeling, how to feel, really. <laughs> feeling proud and Canadian right now, man. Proud yeah, and Canadian. Yeah. That's uh, all right. Here in the States, exact opposite right now. I'm kind of angry. Not going to lie. <laughs> so, anyways, but we're going to talk baseball on this show. We're not going to get too political other than jokes aside. So, fellas, let's dive right in on here because, you know, there is some things that we would like to talk about. And in Blue Jays land, things are looking up. But hence the name of the tonight's episode, we're in the quote-unquote hurry-up-and-wait stage because, you know, just nothing seems to be happening. And this is all off-season in general. Baseball across the board would be damned, whatever it might be. There has not been any big moving pieces other than the quote-unquote, you know, redo for the whole San Diego Padres roster over the past week. But um, let's start off with our guest here, Ari Shapiro. George Springer has quote-unquote been offered a aggressive uh, package from the Blue Jays. He was looking for, what, 30 mil a year and was hoping for at least 150 over five years, I believe, was the ticket. So the quote-unquote offer is aggressive, but not that. (laughs) What do you think we are shooting at here? It's not. uh, Not that any of us should really be surprised, right? I mean, um, after the season they did, even though it was nice to taste the playoffs, and I say that very, very delicately, because the truth is we all know that the team under a you know, regular normal format would, would not have made the playoffs. This was a, a rare opportunity to, to maybe see what this young core can do. And even though it was a disappointing outcome, you learn from every disappointment. You hope that every team that you assemble with the roster can take something from any stretch of mediocrity or failure. Uh, and when you're talking about George Springer, you're talking about a player that will will instantly give you the kind of credibility you need. And of course, 
if you're not going to give them a serious offer, then you're just going to be blowing in the wind and doing this thing that the Blue Jays are doing where, you know, uh, Ross Atkins like to say we're, he likes to say we're going to make a concerted effort, serious this offseason. We want to be taken seriously. You want to be taken seriously, make a serious offer, especially for the kind of player that you know has the the on-base percentage, the the bat control. I mean, he, he does strike out, but we all know he's an absolute baller with, with, with his use of the bat and power and and the fact that he's got great instincts. And honestly, I don't know about you guys, but the only thing that makes me cringe about him is his association with the Houston Astros because mm. my, my personal feelings with him are that, you know, if you're going to go after a player, the environment he played in, and yeah, he's a World Series champion winner, but with the good old-fashioned asterisk of cheating in my books. So, you know what? I like that they're tossing out the, the propaganda and saying that they're actually trying to get him, but the truth is uh, you consider... Uh, what the stock is for a player of his caliber and the fact that there was talk they ran on DJ LeMahieu, which we know is just, you know, fable, fable land, fairy tales. But still, um, if, if this team really wanted to show fans that they were serious to compete in this upcoming post-pandemic incarnation, I don't even know what to call it anymore. You want to compete in 2021, go out and get players that'll make you a better team today rather than having to sell a bill of rights for the future. Bill of Friendly Goods, one. sorry. I said Bill of Goods. <laughs> Where's your head at, slip on, We're talking baseball. Yeah, where is my head at? <laughs> Brendan, you want to pick the ball up there and run with it? Yeah, sure. I. Uh, it, it's tough to know with this front office what a competitive offer is, right? Because there was the whole rumor that they gave a competitive offer to Kim, which we dissected last week. Um, well, like, like, at some, like, to me, a competitive offer for Springer, just a player of his caliber, who's a really good player, who's also 31 and plays in the outfield. Um, so he's on the wrong side of 30, $5 million per year. So if they went out and gave him an offer of 125 over 5, I think that's pretty damn good. And if I were Springer, I'd be like, well, if nobody comes and beats that offer in the next few weeks, I kind of want to know where I'm going to be playing this year, so I might take that offer. I think personally, guys, the max I would go for Springer is probably 130 over 5, and that's $26 million per year on average. I think anything higher than that is a considerable overpay. But at the same time, that might be what they have to do to secure George Springer. Because, um, look, as soon as he's close to a decision, whether it's him going back to the Blue Jays and saying, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to take your offer, uh, which also means, like, in the real estate world, I'm going to go call up other agents and try to drum up another offer that's better than that. I'm sure the Mets will swoop in if the Blue Jays offer is at five and be like, we'll give you 150 over six or 150 over seven. Would you take that if we give you your dollar amount just spaced over a longer period of time? So... Yeah, I, I think the offer was probably around there. I would have a hard time believing that a competitive offer is 10 over 5. I think that's a little low for a player of Springer's caliber, especially when you consider Ryu got 20 per year. And I know he's had an injury history and is a pitcher, uh, and he's a little bit older. But still, I think 25 mil for, for Springer, whereas we need for him in the outfield. Uh, I'd pay that. I'd go a little bit higher if that's what it would take. But I'm not sure how much higher I'd go. Adam? Yeah, I think the, the offer was probably around 125 or over 5. Um, to me, as Blue Jays written all over it, it's uh, a bit conservative. Um, but at the same time, uh, that's aggressive in term, uh, relative to the Blue Jays, right? Um, I do think, though, I, I, we've touched on this before. I do think though, there's an element that the maybe his um, representation is using the Blue Jays as leverage in order to be uh, to put the Mets in a precarious situation where they have to pay. 
um, a little bit more. And I think the the new ownership there is it. Um, so the chances of him landing on the Jays, I think, are diminishing daily. And uh, I don't think that 125 over five isn't something that New York can't match. And, and in fact, I think they'd be eager to. Uh, I think it's going to take a $150 million contract in order for him to play in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and if Toronto wants to pay that, it's not my money. I mean, I don't care. You you could pay. And it, for me, it's it's not like you won't get production out of that, at least in the beginning half. If you if come year four, year five, he's sort of washed. It's the price you pay. I mean, that's just the way baseball has been going when signing free agents. You regret it towards the end, not in the beginning, yeah. um, hopefully. So for me, it, it's if we're going to pay him one fifty, fuck it. Right, let's, let's just go for it. I don't care. If it's if he signs if he settles for one forty over five or one forty over six, fuck it. I don't care. That that's fine with me. Um, it just at the end of the day, it's just money for me. I think this team needs to sort of put up at this point. We've said it in tech. Um, they need to be aggressive, right? And I think they're well aware of the fact that the, their limitations being a team that has difficulty signing free agents, and so they're going to have to pay up. That's just the the name of the game. And uh, if they want to field a competitive right now, especially given the fact that the Red Sox are sort of on the outs, the Orioles are a team that, you know, otherwise me mentioning them isn't a thought. Uh, the Yankees could have their, their team in disarray. And the Rays, although we still find them low-key scary, they have some, had some subtractions from them we might be able to capitalize on. So right now is the time to do it. And if it's 150 over five, fine, sign me up. I don't care. It's just money. So I'm going to give a shout out to Bernie time on our YouTube channel. That's actually listening live. Nice. Um, he is in total agreement to you with you, Adam, that the blue Jay, the other having to overpay to bring George Springer in on this uh, whole blue Jays thing. And right now I I'm kind of wondering if the blue Jays actually gave now that I finally have somebody here, I can have an agreeing conversation with this cheating thing on with Ari. <laughs> um, this, this maybe, maybe thing. that's the, maybe it's the, the cheating penalty. Sorry. Hmm. You fuck your five extra five mil. You can deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's no, it it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think it's kind of sad too, that we we're all aware that is, uh, I think uh, you mentioned it, uh, Brendan, he's 31 years old. There's nothing quite like talking about a free agent pickup with a player who's past his prime, uh, which is not to say he can't have great years, but it, as a defender, he's lost a step. He's, he's, I think just slightly above average. He's in that kind of danger zone where a couple more years and he'll go from being regarded as some as a guy you might want to put to the you know right or left if need be or DH. Uh, talented guy, but again, uh, it's like you said, Adam. You got to pony up the money, and at this stage in the game, excuse that you're the only Canadian team where you've got limitations. Uh, for God's sake, when you've got ownership talking about demolishing the arena and developing real estate and talking about changing the way it's played here uh, at least the least you can do and like you spend a little little bit to get the key players you need and this team could really benefit instantly with a with a george springer in the lineup so if it's and if it's going to be a about five million or ten dollar or excuse me ten million per year uh, you got to ask yourself uh, what's the priority like what are you what are you trying to do do you want to build a, a real contender or you just want to get some headlines and um, it could potentially be exactly that, Ari. You know, that it, it, it is the biggest free agent on the market right now. That is a team to put up on the marquee with Vlad, Bo, and Vigio right there. You know? yeah. And then obviously along with the rest of the company, it would Ryu and everybody. Absolutely. But, teach, teach the Nucleus how to win. Just don't mention how you did it a couple of years ago. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, there you go. We the just hypocrisy money at... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, think about it, right? You're going after a guy that you're 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 saying is a champion, yet you know that uh, he was part of that noxious culture. And don't get me wrong, I'd like to think that Springer, you know, he's a very if I'm wrong, he's what from uh, partially from Puerto Rico or Pan Panama. I think he's got an interesting kind of exotic lineage that goes with it. Uh, and so it's great because he's representing multiple cultures, but unfortunately he represented the worst culture of all, which is uh, the cheater. Yeah. And I feel very strongly about it simply because <laughs> it was a kick in the teeth earlier in the year when, you know, the culprits associated with it are now employed again, being yeah. uh, AJ Hinch and Cora. So Springer probably really distanced himself from that. He's telling me, let them know how great I am and I won honestly and look at my numbers and his numbers don't lie. He's been very consistent. There's nothing, something that really flies out at me uh, other than the fact that I still can't believe that uh, there's such a difference between his, you know, strikeout and, 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 and walks. He, he's becoming more and more of an all-in kind of player at the plate, but then he'd fit in nicely here with this Blue Jays team. So, so oh well, he's Kobe Rasmus when it comes to walks for striking. Oh, why you got to why you got to do that? Why you got? I thought I thought we were gonna have a lovely chat tonight. We got to bring Kobe oh. Rasmus. You know the great thing about Kobe Rasmus? Isn't it awesome how clueless he seemed during his, every day he was in a Blue Jays uniform? Like. We talked about him more. We analyzed him more to death. And you think about him. But in the end, he'd get interviewed and he'd be like chewing bubblegum and going, I just want to play baseball. You got to yeah. admire, <laughs> admire that ignorance. So. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, everybody else on this show that's growing beards, he's only got still, I probably only got the neck beard thing going on right now and uh, is in the where are they now category. So I he, guess it is what it is. <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't know if it means that men with beards are doomed to mediocrity per se because a stone-cold, mediocre player. But what, what hurt about him is, remember, he had those couple of weeks where every so often he'd show up and just start slugging, and you'd be like, oh, my God, look at that natural, God-given talent. Why can't you be the natural? Why can't you be Robert Redford? Mm -hmm. and be like, you know, Babe Ruth, if he'd lived to, like, 84, which is, like, barely <laughs> able to hold his bat at the plate. The strikeout. Remember his strikeouts, guys? His strikeouts were legendary because he was just he had no idea. As I uh, steer Ari off of the under the Colby Rasmus trains. <laughs> Quickly get us off it, yeah. <laughs> so, does anybody want to wrap anything up on this whole George Springer thing? And uh, I know we talked about it extensively on this show on how this is a perfect money fix for the Blue Jays and whatnot. But obviously, I don't know how much this is a failure on the Blue Jays to not throw him the exact offer or if this is actually how the Major League Baseball free agency market is actually shaping up because in all reality, we haven't heard that the Mets are all of a sudden going, Oh yeah, by the way, here's 40 mil a year. Just yeah. hurry up and pack your bag. <laughs> you know, I doubt anybody's really, I was actually surprised when I heard that five for 150 mil initially, I don't know if he's really worth it. And there's a lot of these things that the collective gang here has been talking Adam, do you see, I think the Blue Jays would have to give him that deal to finally ensure that he puts on a, you know, the new powder blues, but are, are you there that you have to do this or you think the Blue Jays probably in that like 125, 120 ballpark is more safe? I'll let you kick this one out. Oh, it's safer, but you have to do it. But yeah. Look, it, it, when it's no secret, like I've already said, it's difficult for free agents to come to Toronto, whether it's for the Blue Jays, whether it's for, and I don't really know about hockey, so whatever. But <laughs> when it comes to, you know, crossing the border, it, it's difficult. And that's not a, a, an insult to Toronto. It's just the name of the game. And if you want to field a competitive team without sacrificing some of the minor league talent that you have via trade, some of the major league talent that you have, i.e. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel, 
you have to pony up. And we, we've talked about this ad nauseum. The, the team is in a great position when it comes to financials. They're one of the only teams in baseball that didn't lose the, the, the ratings from Rodgers went sky high during the season. Right. So they gained money and they, they, they had a cushion there to be able to, to allocate those funds however they please. Right. And so if, if you have the money to do it and you're already the richest team in baseball, even before the pandemic, you're the richest ownership in baseball. You have no excuse. Right. You, you, you absolutely have zero excuse not to do this. So if it's 150 over five, people are going to call an overpay. It will happen. Analysts are going to say this is bad for the Blue Jays, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Want to know what's great for the Blue Jays? Fan appreciation. Want to know what's great for the Blue Jays? Revenue. Want to know what's great for the Blue Jays? People buying jerseys. And I understand you have people right now that are so excited with the youth movement, Bo Bichette, Vlad. I get it. I'm there. Kevin Biggio, he's my guy. Everybody knows it. But the thing is, is that you're a, a George Springer. Jersey sales are going to go off right then and there. I'd be yeah, buying it. Yes. <laughs> I was going to buy one, Brendan, for Christmas, but I'm yeah. broke. You don't have any sponsors anymore. Brendan's going to hit the fanatics, right? And he's going to make a custom jersey. The number's going to And when they release the real jersey, he's going to buy that one on top of it. Right? Well, that's what the duct tape's for, guy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so at the end of the day, this is a smart business move for the Blue Jays, and they're going to make that money back. It's whatever at that point. They're going to make that money back tenfold when it comes to revenue from jersey sales, when it comes to new ballparks, when they open. It doesn't matter. It's going to happen. So I'm not worried about the money. I don't care. 150 over five. That's 2021 baseball. Where are we at? Is this this is somehow an overpay? No, not at all. I, I don't care. Just give me something to be excited about because team has potential. But this team isn't World Series capable right now. You put a George Springer on the team. Maybe that alone doesn't make him World Series capable. But God damn it, they're playoff capable. And if they're playoff capable, that makes me excited. I'm going to watch even if they get bounced out the first round. Watch. It's going to be great. All I want is playoff baseball. Put George Springer on the team. Make it happen. 150 over five. I don't care. My only fear, guys, is that 150 over five. Still doesn't get it done for him to come to Toronto. I feel that's a price. I feel that's, that that's a price that he set for the Mets or the Red Sox or whoever to go to him and be like, I will sign the dotted line right now, 150 over five, if the New York Mets offer me. Whereas if the Blue Jays came to me, I feel like, what's that little bit more? I got to come to Canada or I don't know where I'm going to be playing in 2021. So I don't know where I'm going to be. wonderful and we're going to win a Super Bowl. Come on, yeah. it's going to be fine. Yeah, you want to hit bombs? You want to yeah. hit legit bombs? Play in Buffalo in a minor league park. Hip-hop. Sign a one-year deal, play with us in Buffalo, and then yeah. you can get as any contract you can ask for. <laughs> because, look, if, if what we're saying is all just money, I'd believe the Blue Jays feel that way, too. Like, it, surely, if, if Springer came to the Blue Jays like a week or two from now after not getting much much action and be like, guys, if you came to us and meet us, we will sign the dotted line right now. We will not go around to other teams. you got to feel that they would do that just to get him in the building. I'm just not so confident that 150 over 5 is what it will take for the Toronto Blue Jays to sign them because of the Canada factor, because of the fact they don't know where they're playing, because of the fact so many other reasons that people just are scared of Toronto, even though everybody ends up loving it after they played here for even two months, two months of David Price in a Fentopolis had stayed. I think Price would have resigned. So... People have nothing but good things to say about it. So take a risk and come. But, yeah, I, I, I'm scared that Favor 5 doesn't get it done for the Blue Jays where it does for the Mets, for the Red Sox, for others. I got to disagree. I, I think that it's the 120, the rumored 120 over 5 is for other teams. I think 150 over 5 is the rumored price for the Blue Jays. That's possible. I, you know, I, I think it's going to take an well extra that. And, and I, again, I you and Ari, you and Brendan would know um, the tax – you know, equivalent here. And I don't really know much about it, but 
maybe 150 over five in, in CAD is equivalent to 125 over five in USD. I don't know, or maybe it's close to it. I don't know. But at the same, I, I think it's going to cost that extra 25 million in contract revenue for him to come. And if, if that means 150 over five, I mean, I'm cool with it. This is the contract. This is the contract for his career at this point. He's never going to make as much money potentially as he can over the next four or five years as a result. So yeah. you've got to figure that he's going to go, like as you mentioned earlier, Adam and, and Brandon elaborated on uh, the fact that uh, he, he's going to be looking for uh, a true, true home run of an offer that he can say, I, I didn't just do it for the money, but I did it because I went to a place where I really want to play. Is that Toronto? I don't know. Not, not if he's being pursued by some of these higher tier elite teams. And I'm sure they're presenting it as like, look at our nucleus. Look who you're going to be playing with. You know, we have a potential home run champion next to you in the outfield. And we have this great nucleus of, uh, of uh, Bichette and Guerrero Jr. and Biggio and whatnot. And I'm sure that'll impress him. But don't forget, he's already won a World Series. Maybe he's going to do it just for the money. You know, if I were a player who's already got the World Series in my pocket, then I want to go to an organization where I can be very, very comfortable. And I don't know if, you know, the Toronto option is very attractive. Hasn't been and is the reason why we've lost out on a lot of free agents in many years. Yeah. Except for that except for that weird Richardi stretch where we just picked up guys left, right, and center. And at one point we <laughs> had like BJ Ryan and Scott Rowland. Like, what the hell was going on? But those are, few, those are far between. The other day too. <laughs> That's right. But he was, but Richardi was desperate because he needed oh, yeah. to win and he wasn't yeah. winning. Whereas now the Blue Jays, where's the desperation? Like, honestly, where's the desperation? Ross Adkins seems like he's going to be general manager for the next 45 years. I don't yeah. sense like his job is on the line. And until I feel that, I don't think he's going to go on Meagles. On that note, too, Ari, the, the Ricciardi era was known notoriously be, for being pretty much the worst drafting baseball team in all of baseball oh, for Lord. the better part yeah. of eight years. <laughs> right. You're talking about our top prospect for at least three of those years was the lunchbox hero. We got Travis Snyder. But Travis Snyder wasn't the next best gift of Blue Jays baseball. That no, but but sold. in typical Toronto fashion, he got, if you remember, he got absolutely rammed down our throats. And I hated the fact <laughs> that if you're a professional athlete and you're a young player and you want to prove yourself to the fans, you don't need the media setting that standard because you you most of the time you won't reach it. I mean, how many phenoms just show up and get it done? Look at, look at Vladdy as an example. Guerrero yeah. Jr. shows up, first day in camp. Everyone's like, look at that fatty. No, like I hate to be so delicate, but but that's literally what was happening. Everybody was using like different hyperbole and adjectives to describe the fact that the kid yeah. was out of shape. And all you had to do was look with your uh, ochies, as they say in some languages, you know, with your eyes. And if you're wearing glasses like you are, Craig, you can see very clearly what you've got. And the media did him a huge disservice because by if you look at his as at his time, his major league service, he's actually doing. If you didn't have those expectations, you'd say this is a promising player. But now we're on. He better prove himself or it's a waste of our time. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not costing you what it should. You invested in him. You've got him until he's, what, 24, 25 years old. So why not surround him with players that will protect him in the lineup? Yeah. Because you know pitchers have figured him out. Some protection. That's what Springer can be. Springer can be ridiculous protection to make sure that Vlad gets quality ABs. I don't know what you guys, but that's what I would get him for chaperone him to spend time with him teaching him the way to play good honest baseball <laughs> oh, you die and pour salt right on it <laughs> oh, i will i can't i can't resist i'll keep throwing it in from time to time there it is uh, as as ari's throwing slight grenades at everybody mm -hmm. <laughs> don't worry about it so but gentlemen 
I'm going to move on because it's all in agreement about the whole George Springer thing that it's going to take a little bit extra for the Blue Jays finally to put the nail on that um, and pin that up in their roster. But moving along to somebody, apparently we have made a really good offer to, and apparently according to what Brendan Panikar told us right before we went on the air this evening, Toronto or back to Japan for Tomiyoko Sugano. I don't know what the contract suggests, guys, but if they made an offer, this is a guy that more or less is Masahiro Tanaka. Are we getting him cheaper than Masahiro Tanaka would be? I guess the only question. Um, who would like to take the lead on this whole idea? What do you think it takes to get this done if we did get him out of those posting fees? Well, all I'll say is that um, that, uh, and I'll give him a shout out. What's his uh, handle? At underscore Clint B underscore. I'm sure you guys have seen him on your feeds before. Um, but he said that the Jays offer isn't where he would like, which is why it's between going through or going back to Japan. Uh, but it's the best that there is, according to this article, which is uh, a Japanese outlet uh, that's reporting it. It's called The Page. Um, so he's just expanding on that article on Rosenthal's report. So the whole thing that we've seen with Sugano is that he hasn't got insta the love that he thought he was going to get when he came over here and got posted uh, by the Giants over in uh, Japan. So that's why he's leading towards going back and maybe trying again next year, two years from now, to come back to the major leagues. So I I don't know. I, I don't know what he's expecting to get. I don't know. I haven't seen any sort of rumors or dollar figures tossed around with Sugano. So, like, my guess, like, obviously I think he's more highly touted and, and better regarded than Yamaguchi was. But, like, I can't imagine the Blue Jays offer that much better than Yamaguchi's, like, kind of similar-ish. But... I, I have no idea. I, I can't speak too knowledgeably to it. There hasn't been too much reported on dollar figures or amounts, but it does seem like it's Blue Jays or nothing at this point, which I guess is encouraging. At the same time, it also seems like it's the Blue Jays by default because nobody else is pulling up. <laughs> if nobody else is there to run against you, <laughs> you win by default. You're still in front. like I was playing uh, billiards. I was playing eight ball by myself. What? I won. <laughs> so, just saying. Um, but... I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Brendan, that it's probably in that same mold that it's got to be a Yamaguchi-type contract. And per our conversation last week with Kim and the Blue Jays not giving the guaranteed league thing, I don't think that this is going to be – one way or the other, it's a minor league deal, I think. Very similar to – I was surprised that they even brought Yamaguchi up with the team this year. And I think in a COVID world, a non-COVID world, he probably was playing in Buffalo. Um, a lot of the young players that we have. But the other catch on this whole thing with uh, Sugano is he's 32 years old. Is somebody really willing to throw high-end money on somebody that's never pitched a game in Major League Baseball when there is the quote-unquote gentleman that they're comparing him to on this free agent market in Masahiro Tanaka? At least you know what you're going to get from Tanaka. Yes, there's going to be some injuries, but when he's out there, he's going to pitch great baseball. <laughs> Anybody? Um, yeah, in <laughs> fairness, you, you brought up a, uh, a point about about Kim. Uh, in fairness, I, I we sort of had to walk that back because according, I think Jason Lee uh, posted this, but it, it has been reported that they walked back the notion that it was a minor league. They refused to give them the minor league um, okay. exemption. It, apparently, they were willing to do it. And um, if that's the case, then it was just a, a preference thing, right? Okay. Um, or maybe they weren't promising every day playing time like being the the starting assessment 
Um, but they were willing to give him the the clause in the contract saying you don't have to go to the minors. But that that's just a side note. That being regardless said, regardless on that, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I think that you might have a point when it comes to the minor league deal for this contract, or maybe he's just again not playing in Toronto and this is maybe used as leverage for him to sign somewhere else. Or maybe it's used as leverage to the Blue Jays to say, look, if you don't up your offer, I'm going back to Japan. Maybe they're trying to put him in a state of panic. Um, Either way, I think in this particular situation, there's a a decent amount of unknown and there's a decent amount of risk that you're putting in, unlike George Springer, because you know the product that you're getting or you think you do. Um, When it comes to pitchers translating from Japan over to to the MLB, it's really hit or miss. Um, more often than not, it's just, but it depends on the price point that you're willing to pay. Um, and again, before when it came to Springer, I said it's just money. But again, you sort of have a good idea as to what you're getting. Right. Um, so when it comes to this contract, I would say the Blue Jays stick to your guns, man. Don't overpay. Stick to your guns. It seems like you're in the driver's seat on this. It seems that way. Um, unless the Rangers want to sign them and they're, you know, they're pretty good at signing international Japanese free agent pitchers. So if, if they are able to do it, then cool. But if the Blue Jays are the best offer on the table when he goes back to Japan, at least you can say, hey, we were the best offer. He just, it's nothing we did wrong. He just doesn't want to play here. At which point I give them a pass. It's fine. Yeah. Good deal. Are you want to wrap anything on that? Or are you good? Well, I find it ironic that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we have some excitement around these parts when Tanaka, when the sweepstakes for his services became available? Wasn't there this kind of perception that maybe the Blue Jays might pull a rabbit out of their hats? Yeah. Uh, if this I think time around, especially it, it Darvish even, but I remember there was a profound sense that they were legit in their interest and came close uh, on both occasions in terms of getting their attention. And I'm thinking to myself, This is a Japanese phenom that has stood the test of time. I mean, not a big boy. You know, he's like six foot one, six foot two. He's over 200 pounds. He's got a he's got a kind of work to his uh, his uh, regimen. And clearly he has overcome uh, a serious injury and become pitched a no hitter. I think in 2018, we're talking about a guy who's got a forkball and two different fastballs. And that's fascinating to me because he's the kind of pitcher, after what Ryu did and in showing that an international player can step in and, and captivate uh, an audience, why not take on this pitcher? Why not plug him in and see what he could do, knowing full well that at worst you've got a hell of a PR story that you can capitalize on in talking about the multicultural nature of these of this Blue Jays team. Um, and then there's also the fact that... Uh, lost opportunities of going after internationally available players. I, I have no problem with 31, 32-year-old pitchers. I have more of a problem with a 31-year-old center fielder being locked in for five years than uh, whatever couple of years the Blue Jays might throw at uh, – you know, so I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't mind Sagano uh, being mentioned in the mix because I think that it's on the pitching front that the Blue Jays could really surprise people next year. And uh, the more the merrier in that regard. Why not take the risk? Maybe if you're going to miss out, spend the money on some of these other interesting free agents and give your team a chance to come in with a different flavor. I love Japanese pitchers for some reason. They just strike me as being very uh, fastidious and very focused. And uh, by all accounts, if you look at Sagano's resume, I mean, what, like one eight career walks per nine innings? Bring it on. That's my kind of pitcher. That's right. Not to mention, um, it sounds like from everything I've been hearing, especially on the Talking Baseball uh, podcast the other day, they were talking about uh, Sugano extensively and his work ethic. This is the quote, like, Ho- Roy Halliday like uh, work ethic in the locker room. And if you, I don't care who it is at that point. If you're bringing somebody in like that, 
it just makes everybody want to outdo each other, I think, a little bit in the locker room. If he's working that hard, how can I get on that and bring the team up collectively? Those are the kind of guys you want to bring into your dugout and build that that work ethic, which I think is already a major improvement with what's going on in this clubhouse and the chemistry we have already compared to any Blue Jays team probably in the, in the last decade at least. Absolutely. You, know? you, you just reminded me of Jimmy Key in that regard for some of the faithful who are of uh, a slightly more mature persuasion <laughs> and probably have beards, men and women alike. Uh, you grow old enough, you remember those guys. And you, what you described reminds me more of Jimmy Key because he mm. was a very cerebral pitcher who on the surface was, what, small, had a, a very tight, compact uh, windup. He was crafty, and he, he knew how to throw that that curveball and off-speed pitch. And from what I understand, Sagano has this amazing repertoire of pitches. Why not bring it in and see if you can fool some of these American League hitters by keeping them off-balanced, especially if you get a guy like Pearson uh, being healthy and throw nearly 100 miles an hour. Uh, this guy apparently hit 98 early on and still hits 96. So I say bring it on. Not to mention that whole thing that you just mentioned there, the fact that you do have a veteran like Sugano who actually does know how to pitch, regardless of what and where and all that kind of stuff. What if he teaches Nate Pearson how to throw a forkball? <laughs> just imagine that Can thing. Imagine? Just in straight and ugh, gone. <laughs> Good luck getting it. I think it'll take a wicked bend if he's laying around 90. Come on, that's that's stuff of dreams right there. Well, he's got what they call. Of course, you had to pull out my heartstrings and compare him to Jimmy Key. Now, I, I, I give him the money. Fuck it. <laughs> and, and he makes hitters. If you watch some of his uh, footage online, YouTube, whatever, you, you'll see that he has a sinker, a powerful sinker. He gets a lot of ground ball contact. That's a great way to test your infield to prove that you're championship caliber. Because as we know, that's a huge Achilles heel for this Blue Jays team. So maybe that's the reason they won't take him is because they're worried he'll he'll any uh, ground balls. But like right. I said, it's the control, right? Greg, you've always been you've always been a big proponent of walks over strikeouts. You'd like to see less walks. You're not as worried about the sexy strikeout. They're powerful. So the strikeout, as we know in baseball, is the great equalizer. But not you want to put the ball in play so you don't have to face another hitter behind you. And that's where a guy like him could really keep uh, hitters off balanced in the, in the A American League. Yeah. Ari, I'm a Bull Durham fan. I'm sorry. Ground balls are more Democrat. Dem- 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 They're more Democratic, <laughs> especially if you're wearing ladies' underwear. So yeah. it, it's, all, it's all a matter of perspective. If Bull, Durham, if, oh, if Bull Durham taught us anything, it's that superstitions go a long way. But if you start believing in yourself, that's all that matters. And whether or not you do it because you're following baseball goddess or maybe just taking a risk on a Japanese pitcher that happens to be available in a year where he could fly under the radar – Go for it. You've got nothing to lose. What's the worst that happens? You know, they invest a little bit of money in him. He doesn't work out. and They've got other prospects in that regard. But right now, able to teach this team how to shag fly balls, turn double plays, and for the love of God, stop causing these brain aneurysms we have from watching the tomfoolery of what they did in the playoffs. I mean, talk about throwing away the biscuit. How many times, you know, did we cringe watching it? So, like I say, action with him. But, uh, but it's worth doing to develop your team and turn it into a, a real uh, contender. There you go. So anything else before I move on to some way it looks like we might actually be throwing a brick of money at and successfully throwing a brick of money at. That's I know Brendan's been chopped. Success. <laughs> Brendan's over here like shaking, ready to go on this whole thing. And just, <laughs> so I'm going to let you t- kick this one off, Brendan, but I'm going to give me five seconds to lead you in. All right. Just sure, give, me, give me some time. <laughs> so, Liam Hendricks. 
former Blue Jay Liam Hendricks. So this would be his return tour, which we all know the most recent Blue Jay to do a nice return return tour to Toronto was Jay Happ at a it, the best I think stint or best extended success of his career in his second stint with the Toronto Blue Jays. Liam Hendricks might be apparently very, very close to signing with the Toronto Blue Jays and solidifying the back end of our bullpen, which right now is more or less Jordan Romano and I forget the other Jills, (laughs) which that is a heck of a tandem, I think, after what we saw from the up-and-coming return of Delise to Major League Baseball and what we have been seeing in a resurgence or what we thought we were really going to get from Jordan Romano after as an incredible possibility at the back of the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen. Liam Hendricks visited Dunedin, which, and Brendan, I'll let you give your little tidbit here of how fun that drive must have been for him and why it wasn't just a happenstance. Go ahead and pick that up, my friend. It's a far drive, man. He was going from Fort Myers to Dunedin, and that isn't a, a short drive. It's not something you just be like, hey, I want to show up at the Blue Jays facility and take a look no. at it. Like, that's a drive. So... Look, I, I, I did some digging into it after the first thing came up, and um, I think he is close to making a decision because I, I forget who said it. I think it was Susan Slusser, uh, one of the A's beat writers, uh, or somebody in the Oakland area, saying that Hendricks made it clear from the beginning that he would listen, but the teams that he would is legitimately interested in, he was going to go take an in-person meeting and view facilities and stuff. So um, the only one that we know of so far is going to netting and probably a little more convenient than going to Arizona for meeting with the White Sox or up to Chicago or wherever. Um, one thing I didn't know, guys, is Liam Hendricks' uh, wife is Canadian. She's from Montreal. So there is I that. did not know that. I, I didn't know it either. That came about on Twitter the other day uh, when the whole Hendricks story was uh, went around. And I think it was in Davidi's piece. So there's some comfort there. Um, and the other thing that I read in terms of him going around and viewing and meeting in person with some of these teams he's legitimately interested in is once he's done all the meetings, him and his wife are going to talk about it. It seems like it's a true question about where they're going to go. So look, I don't know. I was like, if you see the political climate right now going on, like, <laughs> let's, let's go back to Canada, please. <laughs> well, not to mention he's Australian for Christ's sake. So exactly. <laughs> I just want to be able to see next time I go you, I found like the only tr- Buffalo Bills bar in all of Australia somehow by happenstance it's a good story i'll tell you after the show brennan yeah yeah or uh, adam (laughs) but how how cool would it be just to know that and we've been already talking about the blue jays on an international level having the best australian baseball player playing for the toronto blue jays right now at least current one anyways and then being able to find out that there's just a bunch of crazed blue jays fans literally all the way across the globe that fun time i really i love that part of it and not to mention the fact that his I, i'm curious now if he actually met his now wife while there is first step with the blue jays yeah possible <laughs> I know that that level of detail on it but uh surely the familiarity uh is helping um and remember the last time he would have been playing for the team and, and being in spring training he wouldn't have seen the new updated facilities so he's probably a little blown away with what they've done with the place so look Hendricks in 2019 was almost worth four wins for a reliever. I think Fangraphs had him at 3.9. That's unheard of for a reliever. Like that's getting close to Eric Gagne type numbers when Gagne won the Cy Young back in 03. So, and even this past year in only the 60 games that they played, and I, I can't remember how many Hendricks was in, I think he was a half. Uh, and for a reliever, like those are some pretty ungodly numbers over the last few years. So you you pair Hendricks with Delise 
Romano, who will come back healthy. Ryan Barucki, who they said at the end of last year will be a bullpen piece. Uh, and anybody they add towards the end of free agency, uh, or just guys like Sean Reed Foley or uh, Ross Stripling, you're looking at, for the first time in years, a bullpen you can go into the season with being like, this will 100% be a strength of the team. It's no longer going to be, yeah, we have cards that could make it good, but we got to hope and pray that they will actually be good. No, you know your bullpen is going to be locked down with Hendricks back there with those guys. All I heard is Brennan's sick of dumpster diving for relievers. Yeah, hey, <laughs> the best thing about this front office is dive relievers has, other than J.P. Howell back in 2017, every, almost yeah. everybody else has worked out. <laughs> Ari, you look like you're, uh, you got something on your mind. I'm going to let I, you scratch the edge here, man. <laughs> I, love, I love listening to BP talk about reclamation projects. Especially <laughs> when we're the team that usually tries to rehabilitate players' careers and they go off and get more money. Uh, this time it's like uh, a negative uh, reversal of the neutron flow here. We're inverting it. We're we're, we're getting Liam Hen- Hendricks after he absolutely enters a whole new reality in baseball. I mean, I, I looked at his numbers, and the one that just I can't get over is the fact that his, his strikeout-to-walk ratio is literally in Eric Gagne territory. And uh, more extraordinary is that... Um, I have memories of him for some reason being a very, very cool uh, team player, a guy who just was great for an interview, you know, born in Perth, Australia, fans of Bonnie Vare are probably thinking, man, oh man, that's alone is a reason to go and take a, a look at this guy. Uh, if you're not going to get Springer and you're going to have money left over, why wouldn't you go after this player, right? He made, what, about $6 million, close to $6 million last year, which means it'll take, what, about double that maybe to secure his services? And with Dolis and Romano, Romano not being options realistic as closers, and I do, by the way, hope, as you mentioned, uh, Craig, you know, Baruki, I, I hope he can come back to being anywhere near what we hyped him up to be because I, I like the player and his delivery and his mechanics, um, but Hendricks figured it out, and boy, did he ever figure it out. In fact, if you look at his career, you're like, man, this guy maybe hasn't even peaked yet, so why not give him a nice multi-year, three-year deal? You know, is it too much to give $80 million for three years to a reliever in this day and age, considering how we treat them and how they're regarded? Well, look at his numbers. It was like uh, like Brendan mentioned. If you really understand what he brings to the table, you can use him in almost any situation. But clearly, as your closer, he would be sending a serious message in late inning leads. And boy, did he prove it last year. I mean, consideration in the top uh, 15 of uh, Cy Young and MVP voting. Who doesn't want to go after a free agent like that when he's available? They don't exactly grow on trees. No. Not to mention, I'm going to do Adam up on this one. This, I think, is the one trade that the Blue Jays' current management feels like screwed things up a little bit. Come on. Yeah. We, we got yeah. nothing good for Liam Hendricks when we did let him go. What Jeff was it, Chavez? We really? got Jeremy? Oh. <laughs> Adam, come on. This is not like the perfect redemption story that the Blue Jays just get to make that whole bad memory go away. Yes, it's going to cost him a pretty penny. But it it spells perfect, I think, in the end here for the Blue Jays with Liam Hendricks. Yeah, I I am with all you guys to have him back. Um, I think having a solid bullpen is absolutely crucial, especially in the playoffs. We've seen it. Uh, flashback a little bit of PTSD when it came to 2015 Ugh. with the Royals. That's <laughs> literally what won them over on us. But uh, the is I look. I don't mind paying a hefty penny for uh an established reliever. I have a problem paying for it for four years though. 
I don't like four-year contracts when it comes to relievers, unless you're a closer, and I'm talking solid closer. Otherwise, if that's what he's looking for, I don't know. I'm kind of at the point where I'm just like, I don't know if I want to have that many years locked down for a reliever. I mean, how often does it work out? It doesn't. It, it doesn't really into production for all four years. Now, if you're looking to make a legitimate run and you have pieces around that on the offensive side, sure, then you do whatever it takes and you secure that bullpen up at, at the very least for 2021. But if you can get them out of maybe an option at that point, a mutual option, I'm for it. And I don't really care about the price. I've been maintaining that this entire, I don't care what you pay when it comes to money. It does not matter to me. Um, Adam, Adam, you could say he's like the Jose Bautista of relievers right now. Yeah. Right. Like he figured 29, just like Jose did. And now you have a choice to pay him during his best years. But I agree with you. Is there a guarantee after four years that in years three and four in particular, like I have no doubt he'll have another good year next year. Yeah, I agree. But what if, but, but what if pitchers do start to figure him out? And I, I agree with you. The want to do is be settled with a multi-year contract on a reliever making double digits that you then could potentially have to give away for, for nothing. Mm. But again, are we competing? Are we, are we serious? Do, do we right. want a challenge in the American League? Liam Hendricks is in no brain early meeting with Mark Shapiro. I would only meet with Mark Shapiro under one condition, and that is to make it clear that my last name is pronounced Shapiro. Otherwise, <laughs> if I'm meeting with him, I'm probably getting an offer with the ball club, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think Shapiro will pull him out and say, okay, listen, your wife's from Montreal. You love Bonham Carnival. Let's go. Let's do this coast to coast. For all fans of Jays and Expos alike, come and ply your craft. Because you're right, it's it's it could easily be a flash in the pan. But look at the last two years, ridiculous. I mean, who gets 13 strikeouts, uh, 13 strikeouts per nine innings, with credibility, and and isn't like you know throwing the ball 10 feet wide like Lelouch back in Bull Durham. So he, he figured it out, and I figure why not reward him? And what a shame too, eh, that he was gone after 15 because he could have helped them in 2016 when they yeah. continued their quote hopeful, you know, window of, uh, of contention. I, I missed him in those playoffs in 2015. Yeah. I totally agree with you. That's why we had silly garbage. Like, uh, what was his name? Uh, price being featured in games when he shouldn't be. Remember when he, when, when R.A. Dickey was on that role and all of a sudden David price was used in a, in a short-term reliever yeah. capacity, even though he was still scheduled to pitch, like yeah. you don't yeah. want that. You want flexibility. So I figure Liam Hendricks is the perfect guy that you can teach your Romanos and Dolises of the world and, and Baruki, by the way, to be inspired to get back at it because I, he's a big one, man. If he works out having a lefty with his stuff could be, could be a game changer too. Yeah. I want to throw a scenario out gentlemen. Let's say, well, right now I'm going to jump ahead of our schedule a little bit here. Uh, John Morosi doesn't think the blue Jays are going to get any free agents. So let's just put, let that simmer for one second. If that ends up being where the rest of this gets going, we know we're not going to get Springer. We're not going to get anybody else to add to this. And you're looking at this in hindsight. One of the best ways that we could have improved this ball club is to throw that brick of money at Liam Hendricks and reach back to this bullpen if we didn't add a starting pitcher through free agency, right? So, okay, great. Worst case scenario, you are throwing that whole ton of money at Liam Hendricks for, let's say, four years. Right now, we have, worst case scenario, some really talented young pitchers coming into this starting rotation. With that reassurance of having Liam Hendricks in this back of the bullpen, with no other additions to our starting rotation, having at least a lockdown guy that we can at least maybe even stretch to two innings, which he used to do 
a lot when he was pitching with the Blue Jays. Maybe not so much now in a closer role. How much of a key thing do you think that is that regardless of money, we have to make something like Liam Hendricks happen? Just because all these other free agent ops that we could be reproving the football club through do not appear to be materializing any reality level so far. Yeah, you anybody want to pick that up? Yeah, there you to. go. You you have to make a move, and at that point, I would also uh, say we we didn't forget about you, man. We you know we <laughs> yes. we were always gonna sign you or try to. You you have to be aggressive at that point because. That still doesn't address your starting rotation. Uh, it does address a need in the bullpen, I agree. But that still doesn't uh, address an area of need. So at that point, yes, I'm throwing Liam Hendricks uh, a pretty hefty contract. And again, one that you might regret later on. But again, that's just baseball in 2021. Um, I'm offering Taiwan Walker a pretty decent contract, maybe three-year contract. Um, I don't really know about financials, so I'll leave yeah. that to, to the experts. Um, and I try to make a splash trade. And whether or not that's Lindor or whatever, I don't know. Um, but at that, you got to move something. You got to do something to push the needle because, as we discussed here before, the division class, aside from Chris Bryant, not really that great. Not really that great of a class. And uh, if you're banking on making a signing, then you're going to be sorely disappointed. So at that point, what I would do is I try to make as many trades as possible. Yes, I I be a Grandrix and I try to sign Walker. I wouldn't be completely satisfied with that, but I'd be okay with it that at least they did something at that point. It's a better ball club with both those guys. Yes, yes. Yeah. Hey, look, we just saw this past this past year a deeper bull, and I know that the roster will be different over a full 162 if we do get a full 162. But having more guys in the bullpen and more quality arms helped shorten the outings for the starters. Now, some of the starters, like Tanner Roark or Chase Anderson, didn't help themselves by going only three innings and four innings. Just say your rotation has improved a little bit with Taiwan Walker, with Robbie Ray, with Thomas Hatch, whoever it is. And if he could get five or six per outing and you have the seventh, eighth, and ninth to cover, you add Hendricks. On a perfect day, you go Ryu, you go Romano in the seventh or Dolis, flip-flop the eighth with one of those two guys, and Hendricks comes in to close it out in the ninth. Um, and, and that's a pretty good formula for winning games. It's what the Yankees have been doing for the last few years. You have your guys going five or six, and you bring in Britt Canely, you bring in uh, Chad Green, all these guys, Ottavino. So if the Blue Jays can come close to that, that does help the starting rotation by adding Liam Hendricks in a way. But yeah, uh, uh, you need to fill the number two spot right now. That is, I know we've talked at length, but the number two spot is the most glaring need in the rotation to bridge it from Ryu to the back end of the rotation, which could be filled with kids and Robbie Ray. So yeah, uh, Hendricks and Walker would definitely make me feel more comfortable. It wouldn't make me feel satisfied on impact trade, which I'm sure we'll talk about shortly. I like the way you Sorry. think. I like the way you think, BP, because look, <laughs> the, the guy clearly, Liam, figured it out. And the biggest difference, if you remember when he first came up with the Blue Jays, or when they, he was trying to get his career started, rather, with the Blue Jays, because he struggled, I think, with Minnesota, uh, the biggest challenge for him was he was throwing a lot of sinkers, and he was missing the strike zone. And when they were hitting the sinker, a lot of extra base hits. Last year, he didn't throw the sinker at all. He now throws seen fastball, which yeah. the league is hitting 200 off him. And that is his worst pitch. Like, no one can touch his curveball. No one can touch his slider. They're batting like 070 combined. It's obvious that this is a guy who started using his brain and figured out a master control of his pitches. And I love that. It means he's gone from being a guy who closes his eyes, his eyes and just throws a pitch that he grew up with. Now he's got to stop and think, 
how do I get out of the situational um, the situational awareness that I have now? How do I pitch up? So I say to myself, the guy evolved. He's learned. And even though his career whip is like 1.28, last year it was like 0.67. And I say to myself, you know what? You you showed it over two years. You did it during a, a difficult season. Come on board. Let's do it. I will be more disappointed if they don't land Hendricks than I will be with Springer. I think Springer is an absolute pipe dream. I think Sagano is like a vanity project, potentially, depending on how Shapiro wants to uh, launch the marketing of this team for next year. But just a bona fide win-win decision. And, and Corsair, I'm with you. I got concerns if it's four years, but there are worse things in the world than sure. getting a guy who's de demonstrated that he's learned and evolved. And at 31, he's mature enough to not ruin his career because, you know, that's a tough uh, role to play when you're a closer and then you lose it because that's where you're, you're on your own. You're embarrassed. And if he comes here, tells me he's willing to take the challenge of playing for a fan base that's uh, struggling, suffering, wants to see some good some good uh, lead inning uh, lockster. Yeah, and Ari, more to that point, if 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 they do give him a four year deal and it's uh, you know on the plus side in terms of financials, what's the worst that can happen? They he sort of bottoms out in year four. Okay, you just release him again. It's just money. Like it's just money. Who cares? I'll even not... go on that four year thing. What's the worst case scenario that he takes a step back and he's the setup guy and Romano or one of those sure. guys step yeah. up or what we've yeah. goofed around and made fun with this show that Sean Reed Foley is the next great Toronto Blue Jays closer. <laughs> he could oh, be. Oh, he's yeah. You know, it's ironic you're laughing about that when they were thinking about that with Hendricks last couple of years, right? They, if you would have mentioned that he would have turned into the kind of player that he has, like I said, he's the Jose Bautista of short inning relievers. He figured it out. Everyone's scratching the how do you do it. To me, it's really simple. He stopped throwing the pitch that wasn't working and replaced it with the one that is. Yeah. That's why I'm confident that he'll get it done, especially yeah. you know playing in these American League parks. Okay. <laughs> Nothing else to add on that subject other than yeah, a desire to see. So I, I'm in agreement with you, uh, Ari, as far as I think the most realistic people, person out of what we have talked about here. Yeah, the Springer is obviously the, okay, we are, we're arriving kind of move, right? Then the Stagano thing, okay, that's a nice upside, decent risk. There's minimal risk, at least for the next couple of years on Liam Hendricks and probably long term, especially when we're looking at the team's financial situation. Okay, 12 million. Right now, I think that they said the Blue Jays have the, lowest on record um payroll right yes. now do you really want to crack that nut because we'll be here for another hour if we're going to rage uh, on against we're going to uh, have you back next week i guess <laughs> i'll come back just so we can talk about where the blue jays rank in terms of payroll it's it's a it's a shameful and shameless subject at the same time if you think about <laughs> it because really adam mentioned earlier you gotta spend to show the fan base that you're serious to contend it's just the nature of the game and quite frankly, in a game that has record revenue coming in for lowering, you know, lowered attendance going into this COVID year, baseball's got to smarten up and understand that the only way these teams will compete is if they spend money, because you're not just going to be able to do your bag of tricks and keep grooming a bichette every single year. Yeah, they've done a great job in that regard, but it came at a very costly price of our patience and sanity. And I'm sick and tired of hearing that kind of that bullshit validation, right? If Ross Atkins is telling the people of Toronto, we're going to compete, we're going to spend, then do it. If you don't, spare the gobbledygook for those down at the U.S. Capitol right now.
you know, just to, <laughs> he's been sitting on that comment. <laughs> the line, exactly. So I, all I'm hearing is I got to change up and wait is the show title to embarrassment of riches. If Ari's yeah. name in this show, <laughs> I'll bring it. I'll keep bringing it every week. You guys let me know. This is a blast. I love it, man. <laughs> Listening to Corsair and BP. They, they're like two poobahs, two gurus on the mountain. And you're like, you're the Sherpa bringing us into this experience so we can all enjoy it. It's good stuff. <laughs> this week, this week. This week, next yeah. week, <laughs> next week, somebody else gets to deal with me. <laughs> That's it. So before I, I, we got one other elephant in the room that we have to talk about, and I, I hope it doesn't spiral even more out of control because we're right around that 55 minute point yeah, right yeah. now with the current show. So I happened to be working the other day and I'm listening to the talking baseball podcast and they had Buster only on the show how weird this off season's been and how nothing's happened similar to how we've been kind of beating that horse, you know, this whole off season. But thank you, Blue Jays nation for being here with us for our wonderful ranting. <laughs> and um, it got to the point where it came about the Toronto Blue Jays is the next upstart in the American league period. And how that mind you, the talking baseball gang, there's two Yankees fans and then Trevor Plouffe. So just to put that in perspective, and now Buster Only's on this show, starting to scare the Yankees fans just with what we're talking about on this show on a weekly basis. And then he drops this thing else. Oh, you think that's scary? The Blue Jays are going to get Francisco Lindor or the Washington Nationals are Francisco Lindor. That is Buster Only's current prediction for what he is saying is an inevitable trade pre-spring training or during spring training for Francisco Lindor to leave the uh, – Cleveland, whatever is now. <laughs> so the Cleveland baseball team, will, I'm going to start calling them. <laughs> so and that's a pretty prominent name. And now apparently um, Rosenthal's in that same ballpark, that this trade is going to happen. And apparently the Blues will be one of the front, front runners in this thing. Are you guys now back on this hype train for something, especially now that we're not hearing the George Springer things or the quote unquote aggressive offer? Who wants to dive on this freaking grenade first? <laughs> Anybody? I'll go. I'll go. Okay, you're going. Your um, turn. He wants to. He wants to just make sure he put, shows the toothpaste tea off a little bit further yeah, on his yeah, brand yeah. new, brand new styling. Very new. <laughs> new. Got that new fitted smell. Um, there you go. <laughs> I, uh, you know, my position on this hasn't changed, and uh, this may be. Um, Buster only doing some sort of lip service just to get the wheels turning because um, it's been relatively quiet since the Padres have made the splash, you know, in terms of uh, big names or big named uh, people on the trade docket. Um, yeah, I, I don't it would surprise me if he was traded in the offseason. No, but I think they might have a little bit more leverage for teams that are legitimate contention come, you know, the um the all-star break towards the deadline. Um, look, my position hasn't changed. Would I? Do I think he'd be a good fit for the Blue Jays? Sure, if with a little bit of moving parts here and there, sure. Um, but I'm not giving up Lourdes Gurriel if there's no extension. I'm just not doing it. Because, again, I don't think a Fran if Francisco Lindor is the only thing that this team is adding, that is not enough. That is not enough to this World Series contending team. Yes, it puts you in the playoffs, probably. And yes, that uh, like just like Springer before, it's entertaining. But if that's the only move you're making, it's not a World Series team. And I am not giving up the control and the chief contract of Lourdes Gurriel 
for what will probably end up being a rental. I think there's too much anticipation and too much uh, stock put in the notion of, but he might resign with us because, you know, he's going to fall in love with the city and all that. I, I don't want to even mess with that. If you want Lourdes Gurriel Jr., we need an extension from Francisco Lindor. And if that's not going to happen, I'd rather just wait until he's a free agent and try to sign him at that point. If you Which could be as him, soon as next year. Yes, I'm saying. <laughs> the, the free agent class, like I said, is a little bit barren. But if you want to be aggressive and if you're going to learn anything from this offseason and you want to be aggressive for Francisco Lindor, just wait and try to sign him. Why give up a player that you can build around and be part of this core for a while when you can just probably end up signing Lindor? So that if, if it means... Shipping out Francisco Lindor, yeah, but I want I want an extension. And if not, I'll just wait. That's my position. So on a note that the, the Buster only a part of this conversation, too, was the fact that he's framing this as the this year's Mookie Betts trade. Um, Brendan, oh, do you want to? Yeah. Correct. And yeah. that, that's how he was framing it in this conversation. I bit out, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I want Lourdes Gurriel Jr. on this team because I really think he could be the next big thing in Toronto because he has that much talent. Brendan, you want to pick this one up? Sure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think uh, Lindor could be the Mookie Betts. Maybe it's uh, right around spring training time or during spring training or something like that. Um, happens a little bit later than normal. Um, I, I think I've always been in the position where I just want to get him in the building. Um, and instead of competing against 29 other teams to sign him, either have a year and try to sign it with just going against ourselves. Um I think that's what the Dodgers bet on with Mookie Betts, and it worked, and they gave him a lot of money. Now, the Dodgers are obviously a better team uh, than the Blue Jays are. Uh, that's obvious. Uh, Arguably. LA, yeah. L.A., in terms of the way baseball markets are looked at, L.A. is probably one of the top baseball markets, especially the Dodgers compared to the Angels. Sorry, Mike Trout. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that there was a lot, I think, a lot more working for the Dodgers. Uh, that There was obviously in making that move to get Mookie Betts. And look, I think the longer the offseason goes, the lower the price gets for Francisco Lindor. Because once you come to the trade deadline uh, in July, you have him for two months. And the price and what you would have gotten if you traded him in the offseason. And I think that's one reason the Red Sox were like, okay, look, we got to get a deal done. And that's why you saw, yeah, Verdugo's a good piece. I forget the other piece that they gave up. I, know, I think it was a pitcher. Uh, but the two pitchers, a bunch of guys, basically. Yeah. That, it's even similar then, to what we would talked about in that similar package right. with what would have went back. I guess Verdugo is the Lourdes Gurriel in a trade to Cleveland. Um, and it, yeah, it's risky. It is very risky, um, especially if you outfield or like Springer or Jackie Bradley Jr. But like, yeah, it, it's it's very tough because you, you you play it out in your mind of the sequence of events that you want to see. You want to get Springer in the building uh, into a contract and then feel a little more comfortable moving Gurria to try to convince Lindor to sign and be like, look, we're adding. We just signed George Springer for another five years. Stay along for the ride, Francisco. We'll give you the money you want. And it could be shorter term so you can hit the free agency window uh, for a second time uh, or first time. But yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can go with the Lindor trade. If it's me at the end of the day, get him in the building and try a sell job when it's just yourself and yourself only versus trying against 29 other teams. Ari? Well said. Serious, I, I, it's, it's not so much wisdom as it is common sense, I think. You, you, both Adam and uh, Brendan brought up the fact that uh, it doesn't have to be rushed. And even though we are talking about, uh, you know, an MVP caliber shortstop, at the end of the day, it's his worst year. Uh, this is what I find ironic is that we have the more controllable asset 
that's peaking versus one that, and I'm not saying he's going to fall off the wagon, but the thing that concerns me is if Bobachet is the viable, and I read somewhere that he's so bloody gracious, he was going to say he was prepared to move the position if the Jays do have a huge upgrade, which I think is just so bloody classy. I mean, Bobachet for premier and, and prime minister, maybe even like uh, he, he, he's, he's the player you're on in market at that position. You've got a left fielder now who has a chance over the next couple of years to continue to show you why he's the odd man out, right? Because we always talk about Guerrero, or at least we did talk a great deal about Guerrero Jr. and Bichette and Biggio, but his baseball royalty comes from that pedigree. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, didn't in the first year of his career, a couple of years back with the Blue Jays, he, have, he set the rookie record for multi-hit games, yeah. like he hit in 11 or 12 games or something like that? That wasn't even a rookie-like record. It was a legit actual baseball record that you had the most doubles or something like you're that. right you're and right i then, remember and then then boba shet eclipsed it <laughs> which is a, which is a testament to the fact that the organization is very lucky to have talented players like that and if you're going to roll the die to yourself i want to gamble on a player that a i don't know if i can retain I mean, look, it's the Cleveland factor, right? Mark Shapiro probably knows Francisco Lindor better than we probably could ever imagine. Because even though he uh, came and into his own when Shapiro had already taken over with the Blue Jays, I'm sure he was involved instrumentally in his minor league um, you know, progress. And so in that respect, I could see it happening because Mark Shapiro might have the proverbial baseball hard-on for this player to say, hey, <laughs> you're going to be 27. We got to get you at the right time. But to give up your 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 everyday now entrenched outfielder who may have the occasional adventure, but at the end of the day is showing you that he's a player, why, why does that have to be the order of things? Why not then go after a Springer and take that kind of risk and keep things kind of balanced and decide what you want to swap later in terms of making trades yes. than to go and and put Bo Bichette out of – because where's Bichette going to go? What's the – he's going to take over second base, uh, alternatively, outfield? Well, he <laughs> might be like a roaming super Canadian captain because I consider him to be the captain of this team. Um, don't disrupt that. Shortstop is a very important, sexy position for a reason. That's position. Don't bring in a guy who's all about the bling-bling because he is. You watch him. He's got swagger. I like that. I like baseball players with swagger, but he hasn't won anything yet. And I think Uriel Jr. is learning how to win by sticking with this team and, and trading him and disrupting that just seems strange to me, don't considering what he's shown us in a very, very short time. It is definitely a little bit of a curveball in the works, and we've talked about that extensively on this show, because if you do end up moving Boba Shett to second base, as you alluded to, Ari, it just re re begins this whole freaking spiral of where everybody goes. I've envisioned become an outfielder. Who Does Vlad still play third That's base? That's not baseball. I, I agree. It's just yeah. everything. But the fact is, you did mention the swagger, but he kind of is that damn good. Just, just going to yeah, make look, that. Perennial Lickers trend. You're right. You're right. Look, uh, if you can walk, you deserve to talk the talk. So uh, Lindor to me is, is obviously, I'm not going to mince words. I know how valuable he is. But I don't think he's as valuable to this team the way it's being constructed as people think. And if you start disrupting it, like you said, and putting just and you pick the most talented player in the most convenient position, well, you only need to look at how this team played defensively to understand why that's dangerous. Players yeah. need established positions. Versatility is great. I'm all about versatility. We've had some versatile players. Remember what Ken does occasionally when you Love didn't need Danny him to play outfield? <laughs> he was your DH. You brought him to play a spot of third. First base I, for a while. That's <laughs> it, man. Everything. 
I love players like that. And obviously, if the Blue Jays have more of those players, they'll be better off. But not Guriel. To me, he's in that cluster of coveted young players you don't screw around with. They're part of your nucleus, and he's an honorary member of that nucleus. Not to mention a player that earned that spot as this nucleus, too. After what you had just mentioned, a guy that was not quite pulling the for a shortstop. I don't, regardless of Boba Shet coming up through the Blue Jays minor league system, I never, I, after what I saw from Loris Gurriel Jr., I didn't think he was ever going to stick at shortstop. I he's too big. I'd, he's too gangly. Like, I figured exactly. at minimum he was going to become second. So I was starting to worry he was turning into Chuck Knobloch and couldn't handle throwing the ball to second either, or first base. Mm. So he, you saw what the, that position move uh, did. He is, honestly, it really wouldn't shock me if some point in his element that he becomes a center fielder because we already saw him be a, a gold glove contestant in his second season playing in the outfield. And in all reality, he's only really played one actual season worth of games in left field, legitimate big league level. <laughs> so, it, but that's he, he what doesn't feel like an experiment anymore, right? He doesn't feel Correct. like an experiment. He feels like a guy who found his position and he improved at the plate for it. And we know that happens a lot in the sport where if you're playing in a position where you're not comfortable and the glare is so intense, isn't it? If you're a shortstop, I mean, if you do develop knoblock later, knoblock like career qualities, because we all know that's what hurt him later on. He wasn't that bad in the first half of his career, but by the second half of his career, it was abundantly obvious that he was struggling. And so when he started playing deep, he hit better because it was less pressure. And I think that's what happened with Guriel psychologically. He realized I'm not a shortstop. I'm a six foot four behemoth who can, really power the ball to opposite fields. Let's let's channel George Bell. Let's not try and pretend to be someone we're not. Point out the irony that you point out how important the shortstop position is. This is a team that's been trouting out people like Alex Gonzalez, David Eckstein. <laughs> this is a team that spoiled its fan base by having Alfredo Tony Fernandez define the essence of two-way shortstop play. And they left such, Fernandez in particular, left such a mark that it would be very hard to to ever replicate and tried. And Alex Gonzalez was an example, once again, of the media cramming him down our throats saying, he's a lot more talented than you think. I hate to say it, guys. We all know he wasn't. And the sad part is we lived in denial for about four and a half years until finally it was too late because you can't afford to waste your dental players at major league positions. That's why the minor leagues exist. And right. that should be a separate show that I could rant on what major league baseball has done <laughs> to screw the minor league system. But to me, don't expect me to pay top dollar at a baseball game. And you're going to experiment with players, figure out their position, get the right roster chemistry. Boom. You'll win ball games. I'm going to tell Murinori Kawasaki that you're taking all the bananas away. He's never allowed in a Blue Jay dugout ever again. <laughs> man, oh man, that era is so because Yeah, exactly. We all know what that was. He was a glorified mascot. And sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes a player is just so shitty in nature that the only way he'll fit in is with good humor and being a mascot. And you know what? There were nights where that actually worked because he made us forget he really was. And then they ended up winning. So there you go. <laughs> Good deal, guys. So, I does, does anybody have anything they'd like to add on the Francisco Lindor or where this turned into a uh, gushing of love for Loris Gurriel Jr. Why we need him on this team? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just I sort of left this out before. If the the order of things, and I think Brendan, you touched on this. If the order of things dictated that we got a Springer or a Real Muto before. Yes. And then made a, a run for Lindor. I'm okay at that. Yes. Yeah. 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 But if if this is the only move we're making, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. 
Yeah, okay. I'm going to be there for sure. So I have to now, if we're done with that. Sure. We have some questions on the board from our loving fans, including apparently a new uh, with actual, you know, help. <laughs> nice. So first off, shout out to, uh, I mentioned him earlier, Bernie Time, joining what our, up? you know, exclusive club. <laughs> and um, then uh, from an actual, club, well, two questions in all reality from Blue Jays Ranger, a.k.a. Nick, fan of the show. He's answer, pretty much has a question for us every week. Make sure we're on, we're on our toes. Sure. Do you guys see it as a failure if uh, the Blue Jays fail Sagano and he does go back to Japan or to a competitive team? What's the what's the demand? Uh, not mentioned, but let's just say that um, right now the demand is more or less Japan or bust, right? <laughs> I'm saying in terms so. of a contract, wait, wait, it's what the contract is, right? If it's going to take a lot in the, I don't know. I, I just I'm I'm uncomfortable giving a, a long term to him but do i consider it a failure no i, I would consider it a failure with no other moves then yeah it's a wasted opportunity <laughs> but very much wasted opportunity because in all yeah. reality let's say you do get him to two years at a decent rate so a little bit yeah. let's just say what did we give yamaguchi we gave him 1.3 or something like that three yeah let's yeah. say it was for four two years just for the try here are you yeah, all I, over yeah, that yeah 100 percent Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then let's just stay even further because it might actually take seeing his tenure in Japan or in the Yamaguchi's. Let's just say we had to double that, make it six or seven. Are you still all over it? Six or seven million per year. Yeah. So for two. two years? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just I'm trying to find. You're making it too goal. easy. You're making yeah. it too <laughs> easy, it, All right. It's yeah. the captain assist. Yeah. You want to yeah. talk hockey? Yeah. You're the captain <laughs> assist goals, man. If it's if it's two years, yeah, I'm I'm willing to take a two year risk. I dude, dude, I I'd even give him thirty over two years. I don't care about money. I don't care. Just make it happen. If it's a two year contract, what what's the worst that could happen? But I'd, if it's, I'd be really shocked if it's outside of a two-year or three-year deal. I really would be, just because of the age. He's 32 years old, and you don't, he hasn't pitched a game in Major League Baseball. As much as I would love to bank he is a Major League-level player playing in Japan, I really don't know that. You know, It's just what it boils down to. So I, I would love to throw money at it, but I really don't think he – I don't see anybody walking up to him and going, here, five years. I don't, I don't <laughs> like it. And I think that's why he's disappointed with the offers that he has on the table right now. Um, what I consider it a failure if they don't sign him and it, the contract is for a little, little term and little money, I don't think so. Um, again, kind of like what I said with Kim, I, I sure am hoping that the behind going after Kim and behind going after Shigano means that there are other stuff cooking. Stuff will happen, whether that's Hendricks, whether it, that's Taiwan Walker, whether that's Jake Odorizzi. Uh, whoever it is, there's still quality names on the free agent market that can get outs at the big league level, especially Odo, especially Taiwan Walker. Uh, both recent guests on Talking Baseball, too. I've gotten into that podcast recently, Craig. It's a good one. Um, you infected me with that one. You got me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just like Trevor Plouffe, so. He's <laughs> a good guy. Plouffe is a very good guy. He's very cool, uh, spoken, and, and they, they're they not just Yankees fans, which is a nice thing about that, but Enough smoke up their butts for that podcast. But no, <laughs> going back to what I was saying. No, yeah, I wouldn't all consider it a failure. Yeah, I wouldn't consider it a failure. Um, would happy if they get him? Of course. Um, he is billed as a top five starter in this market right now. So that's got to count for something, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, I wouldn't be disappointed. 
Brendan, it's only a good thing to plug other people's podcasts. You it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Pump the brakes, Ari. You can plug yours in like five minutes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm being all humble. I, I'm full of humility tonight. I'm just saying that that's a, that's a great point you bring up, by the way, that, you know, these other podcasts can give you different ways of thinking about what these sure. transactions really mean. But I just love the fact that we're, we have a consensus here, which is they need to spend money. They need to, in, let's yeah. rephrase it properly. They, they need to invest in this roster otherwise it's not going to happen and we'll be sit here sitting here theorizing analytics on reclamation projects and i thought that that era was done and done like seriously if anything over the last couple of years we've learned about this organization it's that it's very very good at corporate double speak and baseball gobbledygook and it's got to end they've got to (laughs) put their money where their mouths are Simply think about this thing, right? The baseball. You know why people are disappointed with this front office is because of years like 2017 and 2018 and 2019 where Steve Pierce was a headline signing. And that's nothing against Steve Pierce. Pierce or Morales. Yeah. Don't worry about the Edwin. He's a, he, you know, yeah. We got you Morales. Yeah. <laughs> but like Ari, just like you're saying, like people like Steve Pierce, the guy's always injured. He's always going to be a reclamation project. So we have to go look. Oh, he's amazing. He's going to match them. It's going to be <laughs> great. You know, you know it, BP. You can rationalize just about every one of these off-season moves that were sold to us as a bill of goods on the notion that hey, they'll play better for us. Yes, action, right? So, yeah. hey, just, just like we said earlier on this show, don't worry, Jesse Chavez will be way better than Liam Hendricks. Don't worry about it. Right? Yeah, Jesse Chavez <laughs> figured something out with Oakland the past year. He'll be fine the second time around. No, oh, no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, this is a team with a set payroll. There's no excuse. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that, That's so embarrassing. I yeah. can't even be, I don't even know where to start with that. We're the only Canadian team in this galaxy. Like literally in the Milky Way, we're the only Canadian. So <laughs> why can we not find a way to at least dignify our fan base loyalty by, uh, and I'm not saying become the most expensive, you know, don't become a Yankees team. Don't become gluttonous in your spending uh, because you can afford to do it. Even though that in itself right there tells you everything to be a top tier spending team. Yeah. But don't but don't do what happened last year where they had this before last year where they had the statistic that uh, on the on the last game of the season, they were like at the bottom with like a fifty three million dollar payroll. And like, wow, you're giving minor league teams slowly a run for your money. It's time to it's time to it's time to grow up. Shapiro and Atkins have gotten enough time and criticism. So maybe now is the time to show these naysayers or contrarians who refuse to acknowledge that this is, in fact, a very, very tidbit team. That if they now invest in it as a commodity, they will not only get fan loyalty, but at a time when the fans need baseball most. And they need it in Toronto. I've seen so much memorabilia and paraphernalia of different generations whether it's running into a baby boomer running into like somebody who is is uh, half my age and at the end of the day i say to myself look at that montreal expos cap look at that blue jay sweater look at that shirt it's obvious that there's a great passion here stoke the flames man spend the money mm-hmm. enough Our of the- christmas present there you go <laughs> <laughs> you see what i'm saying they're gonna, they're gonna monetize it one way or another uh, why not do it by bringing oh. in a crop of players you can get excited about this year? Yes, and buy jerseys. Exactly. exactly. People want to go buy jerseys, and that's hey, man, huge BP, huge renaissance in baseball paraphernalia and memorabilia, as you know, as a yes. result of these times. Capitalize on it. Let people yes. learn about this amazing Japanese pitcher that might be a little long in the tooth, but can still throw the ball. Ninety percent of arms you're going to have on your team this year. Hundred percent. 
Agreed. I think it's hilarious you brought back the memorabilia idea and that my Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card in my upper deck spot might actually be worth as much as I paid for it back in 1993. <laughs> what, if, what if he'd never left? Baseball cards? What if he'd never left the American back. League? The kind of numbers yeah. Ken Griffey would have oh. had. I hate to say it, but you could make the case that out of all the legendary players in baseball, and he was at the top and should have been, you know, in the Hall of Fame with 100% vote, no one or two morons and asshats didn't do what they needed to do. (laughs) In the final analysis, what happened to him in the National League was almost like watching Wayne Gretzky after he left the Oilers. You know what I mean? Like, he still brought it and he still had that aura, but something was different. And it's a shame because he had all the records, correct me if I'm wrong, if he just stayed healthy for half of those seasons somehow. I think he was on pace for it, yeah. Crazy stuff. Love Ken Griffey Jr., the kid. So Nick's second question was, when are we going to get our deal with Sportsnet? <laughs> <laughs> I told him he can lead the charge and we'll make sure he can come with us. So <laughs> Shout out. thank you, Nick, for that fun comment. I had to share it with the gang here. But as you see from my dogs making the, egg, the mass exit from the door and everybody coming in my back room here, I think it's about that time, boys, that we up. Ari, right. you have been a wonderful guest. It's been awesome catching up with you finally on this show. And this is your moment to shine, man. Tell, people, tell the Blue Jays Nation where they could find you and uh, what you got cooking on your own podcast. Well, listen, this was an absolute pleasure for me because it was a long time. We should have done it a long time ago. I don't want to regret that. I'd rather look forward to a fresh new year where we can do this often. Uh, I will be here whenever you need me and and vice versa because I do a lot of podcasting and publishing. Best bet is to find me at arishapiro.ca. And there you can get all my work when it comes to delivering audio, literary, and video, sports, consumption, philosophy, some politics, uh, film, arts, culture, whatever is going on in my head. Because these days we all just got to find ways to get through the dark night and <laughs> contribute a little a little to that. Then I'm doing something right. So real pleasure to be here and listen to Three Wise Men of Baseball. <laughs> awesome have yeah there it is awesome having you know, the uh, the connoisseur <laughs> of the um, the connoisseur here of the human experience article who aptly named me the you know minor league guru for the Blue Jays a million years ago there you can use that one for your uh, dude no one <laughs> let's be honest uh, Brendan Adam back me up who really knows more than this guy when it comes to like raw data analytics and in three. I know where to go. I, I go to go Craig Gordon, yeah. you know, and he tells me all those things. And I and I love that you do because we both we both know all of us here know that minor league baseball deserves our support, yeah. and it's not getting it from major league baseball. That should be, in my opinion, I would love to be able to talk about that because it's we larcenous, really good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I figure you would. But but it's good yeah. to be here, and, and I appreciate being trying to show. cook up some of that for spring training. So you will, will be definitely a piece of that show. Bring it on, let's do it. It'll be a fun time. So and uh, Brendan, Adam, anything you would like to add to the Blue Jay Nation before we sign off? For your sanities on Saturday, Adam and Craig, go Bills. <laughs> Bills. All right, on on. Josh Jacks. Give <laughs> me my king. My can we also have a show? Can we have a show where we talk about how they lost those four Super Bowls in a row? Because that's one of those things that when I think back, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're the big fan here. Did they have a legit shot on two of those four attempts? Or in your opinion, was it the two? First one was they, the best shot. Right. Yeah. First one right. was the best shot. Field goal. That's it. Yeah. Memories. Oh yeah, God. Just to that's say. The until mm-hmm. the Dodgers just almost did did the same thing with four failures and almost four failures in the last five years. There's no other that's actually made it to this championship four years in a row. So uh, I'll take that with a grain of salt. As amen to that, Craig. Amen <laughs> to that. And that might be 
Bills fan regardless, that might still be my favorite ESPN 30 for 30 is the Four Falls of Buffalo. Oh, Highly recommend so it. So good. Tearjerker just watching the guys even on that. And like I said, you don't even have to be a Bills fan to appreciate it. So what they, what they need to do, though, is hurry up and do the 30 for 30 for the Blue Jays back to back because I'm dealing with that. It's ridiculous. I can't believe they haven't done something like that. How many teams have went back to the back? Oh, that's right. Us and the Yankees. <laughs> that's right. That's so, right. All right. Well, before we end this show with the typical two claps and a Ric Flair, uh, make sure you find us on the Blue Jays, you know, Twitterverse and whatnot uh, at birdwatching or at birdwatching GC, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from, where it might be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, this, that, wherever. Make sure you reach out to us on these live shows. You've been hearing throughout the show. We are lovingly talking to everybody that happens to join our barroom chat here. And other than that, boys. Stadium seat. Oh, Oh, yeah. Shout out to Stadium seat. Sorry. Still new. Stadium seat.tv. Here I am, of course, there. We love having you as part. And thank you very much for being a welcomed member of this group. And until then, next week, guys, until Wednesday, 7 o'clock Eastern time here on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, on the actual live Internet. Let's give that two claps and a Ric Flair, boys. Let's go, go, Blue Jays. Be the man. Gotta beat the man. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.